Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Grace Crossing Church. We are so glad that you're here this morning to join us for our time of worship and celebration. We're in a series here at Grace Crossing Church called One, and we've been talking about our oneness in Christ. And I've got a question for you as we begin this morning. How many of you found yourself this past week uh, grumbling, complaining, um, just about the weather and how hot it was? How many of you at least one time goes, I'm ready for some cooler temperatures? Now look what you did, okay? Now look what you did. Um, I was thinking, uh, and when the weather turned yesterday and just started getting colder and rainier, I was thinking about diversity. And I was thinking about the seasons and the weather and how diverse our weather is, not just here in Ohio, but many places of the world. And isn't that the way God is, that God creates seasons, he creates different climates, he creates different atmospheres that we get to experience his presence. My wife and I are walkers, and we decided yesterday, rain or shine, we're going to get out and walk, so we we bundled up in our wetsuits, and we went for a long walk in a meadow that's behind our home. And she loves to pick flowers, wildflowers, and bring them into the house. And there aren't many that are still there these days, but, but what I love about walking the meadow is the flowers change with the seasons. So flowers are diverse. There's no two flowers that are alike. There's no two colors that are exactly alike. And that's the way God created the world. That's the way God created everything. And it's the way he created us. We're very diverse. We're very different. And yet in this series, we're talking about the power of unity within that diversity and how God wants us to celebrate that, to live that, and to experience that more here at Grace Crossing Church. So this morning, we're going to be moving into a time of worship uh, that's going to be very diverse. It's going to be very different for many of us that are here. If you've never uh, been in a country that spoke as their primary language, a language other than English, if you're not like my wife who teaches English as a second language, working with kids from 35 countries of the world, uh, if this is really mainly what you have experienced in worship and church, it's going to feel very different for you this morning. But we're going to ask you to engage your heart in what God has in store. We're thrilled this morning to have a couple with us in a ministry um, called IFI right here in Dayton, Jerome and Gloria. Uh, Jacobs, would you stand please? Let's welcome them this morning. They've been here before. They're friends of Grace Crossing Church. We've been supporting this couple and their ministry for a number of years now, and my wife and I have uh, gotten the chance to get acquainted with them and work with them. We also have their worship team, the IFI worship team. Would you guys stand? And we want to welcome you this morning. They're going to be leading us here momentarily in worship. But as we prepare our hearts this morning for what God has in store, there's a few things that I want to focus on to prepare our hearts for worship. Uh, first, I've asked Marcy Lewis to come. Marcy shared a word with me last week that I really believe was from the Lord for our church body. And uh, I've asked her to come and share that this morning. So, Marcy, thank you for being willing to come and share what God laid on your heart. Okay. Good morning. Um, I just, um, as I've been praying uh, with our church about this uh, aspect of oneness, uh, in my own personal prayers, a picture keeps coming to my mind. Uh, I've never been to Israel, but um, this is the Golden Gate in Israel. And uh, this picture keeps on coming to mind when I'm praying about oneness. And uh, it's a sealed gate, as you can see. 
but the gate has very prophetic importance in Ezekiel and Zechariah. Uh, this is the gate that Jesus is going to come through uh, when he returns as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, well, again, like I said, in uh, Zechariah and Ezekiel, there's prophecies about this gate and that he would come through. During the uh, 16th century, uh, is, Jerusalem was under the control of the Ottoman Empire. And there was a ruler named uh, Suleiman the Magnificent. And uh, he was rebuilding the walls and the gates. And uh, he had caught wind of this prophecy. Well, he did not want uh, any other king but him uh, to be on the throne in Jerusalem. So he figured he'd fix the Messiah real good and seal up the gate. And then he also put the uh, uh, Muslim cemetery right in front of it. Well, how this has been speaking to me is in a couple different ways. Uh, personally, uh, when I think about the sealed up gate, a gate is access. And if I hang on to fears and hurts and prejudices and maybe stereotypes of other cultures or skin colors or uh, even political differences, in effect, I'm sealing up access my king has to my own heart. Um, and then as uh, far as GCC is concerned, since we're all, you know, focusing in on this aspect of oneness, you know, the idea is to tear down the things that are becoming an obstacle uh, to the world to see the kingdom. And I see GCC as being this place where there's no more bricks up in the wall, that this is a totally accessible place. It's a place where the world is going to see the love and unity that God intends for us to have in Christ. And therefore, the kingdom is going to be a great place of access for our church. Amen. Thank you, Marcy, so much for sharing. Powerful. So if, if we go high level as to why we're doing this series, ultimately we're doing it because we want to better align Grace Crossing Church with God's kingdom. We want to have a very uh, deep theological bedrock of what Scripture teaches. We want to lean in with a posture of learning and listening and ultimately loving well. But at the end of the day, we want to be aligned with God's kingdom, God's heart when it comes to this area. And so we've been looking at a picture of this from Scripture. The last few weeks we've talked out of Revelation and we see this ethos composite that continues to show up in scripture. We looked in Revelation 5, we looked in Revelation chapter 7, and here in Revelation chapter 14 we see it again. I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth. Now notice this, and to every nation, and every tribe, every tongue, and every people. Heaven is a picture of what God wants his kingdom, his body, to look like here on the earth. And it is diverse nationalities. It is diverse cultures, every tribe. It is diverse languages, right, every tongue. And it is diverse ethnicities. Every people are getting the gospel. And the Bible says that this angel said with a loud voice, Fear God, give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and sea and springs of water. Our worship team is going to come this morning. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. 
And uh, I've asked Kamisha to come and lead us in prayer this morning for God to speak to our hearts. Let's stand together as a, as a body here. And uh, Kamisha, would you lead us in prayer this morning? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity that you have blessed us with to come together and worship you in unity. Lord God, as we worship in a different way this morning uh, with diverse languages, bring our hearts together in unity and give us a glimpse of what it will be like for us to worship you in our differences, but united in praising you in heaven, Lord. Father, we pray that you would remove every distraction that would prevent us from focusing on you and making you our focal point of worship this morning. God, we know that worship is not about uh, what we can get and how the songs or the music make us feel, but it's about what we bring to you, Lord God, our worship and our praise, all to glorify you, Father, because of who you are and what you have done. So, Lord God, we pray that right now, you would help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Let our worship come from our hearts and not just from our lips, Lord. We pray that this time of worship will prepare our hearts to receive the message you have for us this morning and that you will guide our hearts to a place of obedience and submission as you challenge us, Lord God, to move towards unity, diverse unity, and move outside of our comfort zone towards oneness as you designed it, Lord. We ask these things in your sweet, precious, holy name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. We're honored to be here with you this morning to share in some multi-ethnic worship with you. My name is Larissa, and we are Dunya Alleluia, which means world praise. Um, and we are all part of IFI, which is International Friendships Incorporated. Um, this is Timothy. He's from India on the harp. We have Martha from Dayton on Cajon. Uh, Grace is from Kenya. She'll be singing with us. And Lexi, also from Ohio on piano. And Jerome from Malaysia. Um, so we just invite you to engage. Uh, we know things are going to be, you know, in other languages. Um, so we have grace for each other in this as we learn together. So Jerome's going to give us pronunciation for the first song, which is in his language, Malay. Good morning, everyone. This morning we have uh, some international songs for all of us to sing along and, and, and just worship God in, in different languages. And this is what's going to happen, I believe, in heaven, as the Bible says. And uh, our first song is actually from my language back in Malaysia. I'm from Malaysia, and, and we call it Malay. Um, so it's very easy, straightforward, if you can read together with me. Hari ini kurasa bahagia. Um, well, I'm not going to ask you to read along with me, sorry. Uh, but I'm just going to quickly explain. Hari ini kurasa bahagia, which means today I am very joyful. Berkumpul bersama saudara semua, that means I am uh, happy uh, to be uh, seated or to be among with brothers and sisters. Saudara means family. Tuhan Yesus, the third line, Tuhan Yesus telah satukan kita. Jesus Christ has united us. And tanpa memandang di antara kita, without looking at our differences. You know, when Jesus is here, he doesn't see the differences. He sees us as one in him. Uh, the next slide um, says, Bergandingan um, tangan. This is where we will do some uh, very, very uh, simple action. Bergandingan tangan means holding of hands. So we're going to hold each, uh, your neighbor's hands. Um, 
dalam kasih dalam satu hati, which means in in love and in one accord, in one heart, uh, in love and in one heart. Uh, the third line, berjalan dalam terang kasih Tuhan, which means walking in the love of God. And uh, the last slide would be, kau sahabatku, kau saudaraku. Uh, there's another action here. You're going to point at your uh, neighbors around you with, like this. This is how we point back in Malaysia. Uh, if you point with this finger, it's, not pol it's impolite. So <laughs> we do it without thumb. Um, so we point, uh, it says, kau sahabatku, which means you are my family. Uh, sorry, sahabat means friend. You are my friend and you are my family. Uh, tiada yang dapat memisahkan kita. There's nothing that can separate us. Okay, that's what you're going to do. There's nothing that can separate us. And that repeats. All right, so can we try that? Are you with me? <laughs> All right, we'll try. We're going to go slow and then we'll go to our normal speed. <laughs> All right. Hari ini kurasa bahagia Berkumpul bersama saudara semua Tuhan Yesus telah satukan kita Tanpa memandang di antara kita Here comes the action
now. You can impress all your friends. This next one is in Arabic, which can be a little difficult for English speakers to pronounce some of the, um, the sounds in the Arabic language. So the apostrophe is a fun sound that's like in the back of your throat. Ah, can you do that? Ah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, so it says, you can repeat after me. Anta azimun. Anta azimun ya isa. Okay, we're getting a little bit, baby steps, baby steps. Isa means, is the name for Jesus in Arabic, in case you didn't know. Um, and the chorus goes, Azimun fi mahabatika. Azimun fi mahabatika. Azimun fi amanatika. Azimun fi amanatika. And this is the next fun one. Azimun fi tahririka. Azimun fi tahririka. Oh, I heard it. Okay, now we're going to sing it. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a slower one, so I think you can get it. Anta
bet you didn't think you were going to sing in Arabic this morning. So this next song is kind of old by now, but um, it has kind of become a theme song for us um, over the years, and I just love the beauty of the words. Um, we are able to be um, one in diverse in diversity because we have a God that models it for us. He is three in one and one in three. Um, and so this is just a beautiful picture of what we are, what he has made us to be, what he has called us to be as the church, to embody the presence of Jesus in the power of the spirit in the world that is broken and need of healing. So um, I invite you if you want to jump. This is a great jumping song. I saw someone doing it the first service. If you want to run around the auditorium, you can do that too. Totally up to you. But come set your
this last song is probably my favorite song right now. It's in Japanese. Um, and it's just short and simple and beautiful, and it is written as a blessing. So don't feel like you need to sing along with it, but I invite you just during the song, if you want to open up your hands just to receive a blessing, um, I invite you to do that. gonna pray um, I'm gonna pray in uh, my language in Malaysia Malaysian language it's Malay and my wife it's gonna uh, she's gonna interpret um, so let's pray and uh, just invite God as we hear his word and just fill our hearts uh, our father in heaven we thank you for this morning we thank you for your son Jesus who has brought us into his kingdom and in your presence. We thank you, Father. In your presence that we can feel joyful in your presence. We thank you that we can hear your word this morning. May your word transform us and enable us to do what you want us to do. In your name we pray, amen.
team for leading us this morning. Thank you guys so much. What a beautiful, beautiful expression of uh, diverse unity this morning. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, this morning, as we move into our um, talk, I want to take just a, a moment to mention to you that this week and next week, we have four Imagine events that we want to invite you to one of. Um, they're going to be held here in our auditorium, 7 o'clock in the evening, so this Wednesday night, Friday night, then next Monday and Thursday. And we want to give you a front row seat into the future where God's leading us here at Grace Crossing Church. We'd love for you to come and be our guest. Uh, we also, you might see people already wearing these shirts, uh, an Imagine shirt. We have one of these for every person that will attend one of these uh, Imagine events. So we want you to have your own shirt that you can wear as well during this initiative that we're moving into. And we invite you to join us. Again, you choose the evening that works best for you. Four different weeknights available. Uh, hopefully we'll accommodate your schedule one of those nights and then join us here. We'd love to have you to hear firsthand where God is leading us here at Grace Crossing Church. Well, I want to take a moment as we move into um, this message to do some sil silence and stillness. We've been doing this at the beginning of every week because um, I think this is the easy stuff to cut out of a service, um, but it's the most important stuff because it's our chance to really calibrate our heart with heaven, to invite God in. And uh, we've been using this scripture out of Psalm 139, uh, verses 23 and 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take out of your hands anything that you're holding. So a mobile phone, a device, or an iPad, a handout. I just want you to lay it beside you underneath the seat in front of you because I want your hands to open right now. And here's what I want to ask you to, to, to do in invitation to God during this moment of stillness and silence. I'm going to ask you to, to invite God into your emotions. And what I mean by that is, what was happening in your heart this morning as the worship was going on? You might be here and you felt emotionally inspired. Some of us were taken back to countries that we served in, where we were standing in places of worship experiencing that. It felt so enriching. But, but we recognize that many of you, it may have felt very uncomfortable, so unfamiliar. You felt so out of tune. It wasn't what you're used to in church. And maybe it makes you feel a little disconnected even this morning. Bring that to God. Invite God into that. God wants to know our heart. He wants to know our anxious th thoughts. And he wants to know and search us to see if there's anything in us that needs to be brought before him. So let's quiet ourselves right now and let's just simply invite God to do this, make this our prayer. Use your breath, your inhale and your exhale to breathe a prayer to God this morning. It's the very breath he's given you as a gift.
Amen. I want to remind you, for those that are just joining us this morning here at Grace Crossing Church, if you've not been with us, and those that also have been here for the series, I want to remind you of a catalyst verse we're using out of John's Gospel, chapter 17. It's a prayer Jesus prayed the night before he was to give his life for us. He says in his prayer, I have given them the glory that you gave to me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know, then the world will know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. So in this prayer, what Jesus is praying for is Jesus is praying for complete unity or diverse unity. He's praying about oneness in the midst of our differences, our distinctions, He's looking at this world that he came to die for, recognizing that there was a lot of separation, a lot of segregation. And Jesus' prayer is that we in Christ would be brought together as one in diverse unity. Now, in this series, we're looking at the big idea that oneness is not unity. Unity is easy when it's with people who think like you, who believe like you, who look like you, who talk like you, sound like you. Oneness is really about diverse unity. It's about coming together under the banner of Jesus Christ and recognizing our unity within the midst of our diversity. And that's what Jesus was all about, and that's what the New Testament writers began to bring forward in their ministry. And so in this series, we've been, we've been, we landed in the book of Ephesians, and that's where we've been camped the last several weeks because Ephesians provides us a beautiful model, an inspiring model of diverse unity. It was a, a church that was established in a city much like New York. And um, this city called Ephesus, which is today modern Turkey, was actually a diverse population. It was a cosmopolitan melting pot. It had all sorts of diversity happening within that culture. They were culturally diverse, they were ethnically diverse, they were racially diverse, they were economically diverse, um, they were diverse in so many, even religiously diverse. And yet it's Paul the Apostle who comes to Ephesus, preaches this good news of Christ. People are turning their hearts to the Lord, and then they, have, they share one thing, newfound faith. But in every other area, they simply don't see eye to eye. And it's in that particular context that this church is put together, this collection that became a spiritual mosaic of sorts, of people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and yet they're coming together under the name of Jesus Christ, under the Lordship of Christ, and they're celebrating their diverse unity. And here's what we've already established in this series, several things that are important to remember. The very first thing was this, that diverse unity is the mystery of God's will that was hidden in Christ and has now been revealed in this collection of diverse believers. So Ephesians 3, 6, this is what Paul says. This mystery, the mystery of, the, of, the, of God's will, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, 
sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. So remember, the, the Jews, those who had pure Jewish blood running in their veins, felt that they were God's preferred and God's privileged people. The Gentiles were outsiders, but in Christ no longer. There were no longer insiders and outsiders. Everybody belonged, everybody mattered, everybody became heirs together, members together, and sharers together in the goodness of God. Secondly, we learn that this diverse unity was intended to produce something brand new. And this thing that was brand new, he talks about in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15. His purpose, Christ's purpose, was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. So our humanity, our identity in Christ, is what really says who we are. It's what really distinguishes us. It's not our color. It's not our race. It's not our ethnicity. It is that we are together in Christ, part of one new humanity. My brothers and sisters may not all look like me and talk like me, but they're my brothers and sisters. And we are part of one new humanity, one new family. Thirdly, we learn that this diverse unity was intended from the very beginning to be displayed in the church. That the church of Jesus Christ was intended to be the place that became a showcase for what diverse unity looks like. And so how is the world going to get a vision for this? The world's going to get a vision through the church. And when the church practices it, when it lives it out, the world gets to see something that's bigger and higher and brighter and grander than what it sees happening out there in the world. And so Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. He says his intent, this was the intention of diverse unity, was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Which brings us to a fourth thing that we've learned. And that's this, diverse unity, when it's practiced, actually serves notice to principalities and powers and forces of darkness that what is acceptable in division in the world is not acceptable in God's kingdom. That what divides the world does not divide the church. It actually brings them together. And so Paul moves in this letter he pens to the Ephesian Christians he moves from establishing the intent of diverse oneness and diverse unity. He moves into the ways that we actually practice it. The mechanism, the trademarks, the non-negotiables, if we're going to do diverse unity. He actually talks about this now in the fourth chapter in this transitional thought, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. He says, therefore, therefore, because of everything that I have written to you about, Reminding you of this diverse unity. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. 
the question when you come to this section is this. What was this high calling that Paul is appealing to these Ephesian Christians to live worthy of? The high calling was the calling to diverse unity. He's saying, listen, you have this high, tremendous opportunity in calling by God. It's one that I have laid down for all of the churches. And he said, now I'm appealing to you to live in a manner, in other words, to behave in such a way that you live worthy of this divine calling that I've entrusted to you. And how do you do this? Well, he actually tells us specifically. He gives us five key characteristics and virtues of diverse unity. In fact, wherever you see diverse unity happening, where oneness is alive and well, you will always see these five characteristics. Humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, and love. Humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, and love. When Paul here uses this word humility, he's not encouraging us to think less of ourselves. He's urging us to think of ourselves less. He's saying this is the way Christ came. He came gentle and humble in heart, which is that second characteristic, gentleness. The word means controlled strength. It's some places in the New Testament translated meekness. It doesn't mean you are weak. It means you are strong, but that strength is contained. Patience. It comes from two Greek words that means to suffer long, especially when things have been done to you that are wrong. Patience. And then how about this lightning rod word, tolerance. Tolerance is not a bad word, it's a biblical word. It means that we bear with the differences of other people. Not everybody's personality is my personality. Not everybody sees life the way that I see life. Not everybody feels about things the way that I feel about things. And what I'm called to do is I'm called to move toward them, not away from them, in the attempt to show tolerance. It's a characteristic of diverse unity. And then what wraps this all together is love. We know it's the highest goal of the Christian life. And the word here, love, is the word for God's love. It's not our love. It's not human love. It's a love that can only happen and can only occur when we allow God to work in us and through us. And all of a sudden when we do that, guess what begins to show up in our lives? Humility gentleness, patience, and tolerance. Because love will always bear the evidences of those things. So this morning I want you to hear what it looks like when those characteristics are on display. I've asked uh, Jerome and Gloria to join me this morning. And we're going to talk just a little bit about what they are experiencing in their ministry, IFI. Give them a hand as they come this morning.
you guys were awesome this morning and so flexible in that prayer up there. Good job. Good job. Good job. So, Gloria, some of you may remember, if you've been at Grace Crossing Church for a while, Gloria's been here before. They both have been here before to share. Uh, but Gloria came the first time, and she was Gloria Kilios. She's not married. I don't think she even knew Jerome at that particular time when she first arrived here at our church, and we got connected to Gloria, and we've been a supporting church um, for years for the ministry of IFI, and we, Kelly and I have gotten to know them as a couple, have been a part of the ministry, and we're so thankful for you, Gloria, and your faithfulness to the Lord. And just tell us a little bit about your journey, your journey with Jerome, what kind of brought you here to IFI, and then give us just a little snapshot of what IFI is about and what you do in the ministry. Well, um, I'm Gloria. I'm from Malaysia. And actually, Jerome and I did know each other. We dated long distance, six and a half years before he joined me here. Um, and I came to the U.S. 2008 as an exchange student and then later did my master's and the Lord um, brought me to Wright State to teach for well, less than a year. And then I started the ministry with international students. There wasn't a ministry reaching international students at that time. There was a lot of American Bible studies, but none geared towards international students. And um, I really felt that as the Lord was bringing the nations here to the city, I felt like, well, they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the love of Jesus. And so, um, and that's how IFI was birthed. And I'm so grateful for the partnership of Grace Crossing. Um, they were one of the first churches to get behind me. And I'm so grateful because, and I was telling Pastor Gil this in my journey, I was a young, single, international woman. And not many churches were open to that um, when I first came. And I was so grateful for that, that they got behind the vision of IFI and stood behind it and supported it. Um, and so we've been around for seven years. And what we do every Friday is we meet at a basement in Beaver Creek. We didn't want to meet at a church. And so we have a full dinner. And then we do international worship songs like you see tonight. And then we um, discuss the Bible. We call it a Bible discussion. That way, we're just saying, this is what we believe. This is, this is where our perspective is coming from. We want to hear yours. And we do that every week. And we have, last Friday was our first meeting for the semester. We had about 90 people in that basement. And the Lord pushes the walls. The Lord multiplies the food. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been awesome. our journey. That's great. And tell us a little bit also about the other arm of IFI, which is the, uh, the host families. That's another part that uh, we've been involved in. Yes, yeah, so we partner with the university, and we help as we go as churches. We ask people from churches to help um, if they would consider hosting a student, opening your hearts and home, inviting an international into your house, um, just over for meal or coffee. And Pastor Gill and his wife has done it, and we are so grateful for that. Yeah, so we want you to hear a little bit. I've asked my wife Kelly to come this morning, and um, uh, we, we actually want you to hear about our Iranian daughter, uh, Zara, who we got two years ago. We've had international students before uh, from China and other countries, uh, but Zara's from Iran, and uh, we had the wonderful opportunity to meet her about two years ago, get connected to Zara, and she's become really a part of, this, part of our family, extended family. And so I've asked Kelly just to share a little bit about what that experience has been like for us and how we've really just gotten to know Zara, and she became part of part of our family, the Duplin family. So we were actually out to lunch with Gloria and Jerome, and Gloria said that Zara was a part of a family, and for some reason they had to disconnect with her. And so, you know, she asked if we were open to taking an international student, and we hadn't for a few years. So we said, sure, we'll take her, um, not realizing we would absolutely love this girl and 
she really is like one of our kids. Um, we would have her over for dinner for holidays. We had her, the first year we met her, we had her for Christmas on Christmas Day because we had celebrated earlier with our other children. And her mother was in the country at that time. So we prayed in the name of Christ, and Zara prayed in Farsi and translated. And it was just a really neat time together. Um, she has recently made the decision to continue her studies because Gil even tried to get her, um, tried to help her find a job in electrical engineering because then she could stay in the States. And America's not real kind to Iranians pursuing a job. And so she had to make a decision. She'd either go back to Iran, which would make her mom very happy, she'd get married and have children, or please her father and stay in America where she could do her trade. Um, he said, if you come back to Iran, you will not, as a woman, be able to do what you know to do and what you've been trained to do. So um, she's really in a tough spot, and she would ask us often to pray for her and that God would show her what to do. And, you know, we didn't, we couldn't tell her what God wanted her to do. We didn't know either. Um, so she called me from Hawaii last week, and she was just really down and discouraged and said, I'm not happy. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like I belong in Hawaii, but I don't know whether I should do what my mom wants or what my dad wants. So right now she's in the doctorate program, and I just prayed with her, and I've been sending her scripture. Um, I sent her a scripture from Psalms the other day, and she said, thank you, I love Psalms. So now I've been trying to pick out Psalms because I know that's not offensive to her. Um, but I really look at her as a pre-Christian because God's really been pursuing her, and we just love her. We really do. I miss her. Like, my heart aches. I Just like my son being in California, you know, I miss him. I want to hug him in the flesh. That's how I feel about Zara. Thanks, Mom, for sharing with me. Gloria, um, and Jerome, tell us a little bit about, like, what diverse unity, how you've experienced that in IFI and the ministry. I mean, you've got people from so many different countries that are connecting to one another. Um, not all of them share the Christian faith, but you're building these relationships. Talk about how diverse unity has been expressed and, and experienced. So like Pastor Gil said, we are a multicultural team and it's not always easy melding the different cultures, but I think it's really undergirded in Christ's love. And I think we live it out as believers. Our students see that and it's modeled. And I was just thinking today we brought a lot of them left after the first service, but we had students, there was a Muslim student, a Hindu student, and a Japanese girl. And as they were leaving, I just wanted to make sure that they were okay with the service and understood things and didn't, you know, nothing was offensive to them. And this Japanese girl said, she, she said, I've never been so loved. And the video that you'll watch later, she said, that really touched me. Wow. Um, and so it was really beautiful. But I had a, what I was thinking this past weekend, we went, um, we went on a leadership retreat. We took the Christian leaders, young people, on a leadership retreat. And during the leadership retreat, we had a session planned, um, you know, just like a conversation, open conversation to talk about godly relationships, dating, marriage. And it was scheduled for four, four o'clock in the evening. And as I walked in to start it, um, half of the group was still engaged in a board game. And I was, you know, I was conflicted trying to decide what do I do. But I knew if I started on time, 
and cut the game, they would be disappointed. They'll come to the discussion, but their walls will be up. They'll probably not be so happy. Um, and so I let that go for a bit. I let, you know, we push the time <laughs> a little bit. And that evening, Joy that attends this church, and I share this with her permission. So she comes up to me, she's like, and I'm glad she came in a way to help me understand this. She didn't come demanding, uh, you know, she came for understanding. And she said, help me unpack this. Why didn't you insist that we start on time? Like, I, I knew you already, so why didn't you tell everybody, get moving? And I said, I was placing relationship over task. And I knew that from the cultures they came, if I insisted on the time, um, that wouldn't have gone well. And I would have hurt the relationship more. So powerful. So powerful. Thanks for sharing. Jerome, tell us about a young man you met and got to know and how you've experienced this, um, this, these qualities uh, of diverse unity. I like um, the five characteristics that we learned this morning. Um, so I'm just going to share quick, quickly about this student, and you're going to watch a short video later on. Um, I met this student in 2013, and he became a very dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, just showing love upon, uh, over him, just showing God's love over him again and again without, without being, uh, feeling uh, tired. But, you know, just allowing God to work in my heart and, and to just continue on. God, I need your help because I cannot do this on my own. I, I need the patience. I need uh, the humility. I, I need the tolerance and patience and, and love that, that you want me to have and show this, this, this guy that you have brought into my life. And we continued on the friendship. He became very close to us, uh, both Gloria and I. He would, he would be basically be in our house every single day um, and just having meals and just talking. And uh, one, thing, one thing that we had to learn is what is the meaning of our relationship with him? What is the meaning of our friendship with him? Are we just befriending him for, to convert him? Or are we befriending him because... God says, you have to love because I love you, you know, and not turning him into a project. So we have to follow. Uh, we, we, we had like intentionally God help us that we see him as your creation and that we want to love him. And you will hear his testimony. And um, as, as Gloria was saying, how this Japanese girl that was here in the first service, she was so touched and she's not a Christian. And she was touched by the story that this young man had to share. And we made a video early, I mean, somewhere mid this year, and, and it turned out so good. And uh, I just texted him this morning. Uh, he's in Virginia now. I just texted him, hey, uh, I, I want to thank you for your story. And through your story, God yeah. is touching so many lives. And we can watch that video right now. My name is Ken Kai. I come from China. I grew up from a family without any religion background. Although I never engaged in any religions, but I'm always curious about it. I don't believe there is a God, and also I believe I'm a good person and can handle my life pretty well. I started coming to IFI since 2013. At that time, I just came to the US without friends but poor English. My housemate told me there's a place I can go and practice my English. That's why I came to the, US, uh, came to the IFI. At that time, I only know a very little bit about Christian, and uh, I have some new songs too about it. So at that time, I enjoyed the food, the music, and the conversation, but I reject the Bible discussion. I refuse to accept that the God of the all have sins and their unconditional love among us. But I had a good time that day, and I met a lot of friends, so I decided I will come again. But in order to argue with them, I read Bible by myself, 
and uh, did some research. So next time during the Bible discussion, I ask a lot of tricky questions, but they are not offended. They answered my question patiently without judging me. So I feel like this is a good place for me to study English and even to learn the Christian. I feel so exhausted to fight with God, so I decided to open my heart to really learn it. Um, during, during my learning process, something really impressed me. I really I was shocked when I know the IFI house we meet every Friday belongs to the workers. We use that house for free. And also the food we eat, also from all the volunteers uh, from outside, they didn't charge us. Also, I see a lot of IFI friends, they sacrifice their time to help all the international students. So I was so curious, they asked them many, many times, so why do you do this? And the answer always be because of God's love. Only God can lead us to conquer the, our selfishness and the ego and even to love your enemy. I had a pretty rough time after I graduated. Because of the job, the financial and everything didn't go well. My IFI friends, they didn't left me. They encouraged me and supported me, helped me in different areas. At that time, I realized I'm not that perfect person that I thought, and there are so many things in this world I cannot control. I humbled myself to start learning Bible in church and in Bible discussion, and learn how to pray. God gave me strength to keep chasing my dream without giving up easily. One day, a friend asked me, what are you waiting for? At that moment, all the desires, questions, concerns, all organized together, and I realized I'm ready to follow Jesus. Although I still have questions, but that won't stop me to follow the God. This is my story from a person who used to be against God to the person who followed him. No matter what situation you are in now, remember God will give you strength to conquer all the problems. words of Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Um, God just impressed upon me a verse from Jude, verse 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Um, so I believe uh, merciful is being the five characteristic that we, uh, that Pastor Gil was sharing this morning from Ephesians. Um, humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, and love. You know, includes that in the love, uh, in, in mercy. You know, he was just asking so many questions, just trying to catch you like you know uh, but not in a bad intention he will ask you nicely but you know he wants to know he was he was like what are you people believing in i need to know and um so this year um, um so sorry last year uh, on good friday after right after our bible study on friday night he came to both gloria and i it's like okay I'm, i want to share i want to share a news and my wife was like are you getting married <laughs> and he said no no not that um I've decided to follow Jesus, and I want to be baptized on Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. And we were blown away. I was like, what? Are you for sure? Are you sure? <laughs> we, were, we were doubting that. <laughs> and we were so excited for him. And, uh, and he, got, he got baptized on that Sunday in a hot tub because it was still cold. Um, and, uh, and he has been still, you know, pursuing uh, reading the Bible and just, just, uh, just loving God and, and He's been, a, he's been a great testimony uh, in our community and in the, both our lives. And we are so thankful God gave us that opportunity to see 
what he can do in the lives of people. You know, it is not us. It is him who changes lives, hardened hearts. Amen. Can you uh, express appreciation to this couple for sharing this morning? Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Yeah, so powerful. I'd like the band to come back. and Here's how Paul wraps up his, his comments on the virtues of oneness. Uh, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, one more time. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. The idea here is the idea of keeping it is really the word maintaining it. We do not create diverse unity. God does. But we have got to do the work and the maintenance here on earth. It is our job to maintain what God gives to us. The unity of the Spirit literally means the oneness of the Spirit. That's what the word literally means. Do your best, everything in your power. Work really hard to maintain the oneness of the Spirit through the bond, the word in some places is translated bundle, of peace. You see, humility and gentleness and patience and tolerance and love produce a very strong bundle that can't be ripped apart. There's two things I just want to punctuate that Gloria and Jerome said that were really powerful. One, putting relationship before task. If you're going to maintain, if we here at Grace Crossing Church are going to maintain what God gives in diverse unity, we're going to have to put relationship before tasks. And secondly, and I hope that you heard this, they do not make people projects. Zara is not a project for us. She's a person. We love her as a person. We care for her as a person. What God does to bring his love to her heart through the bridge that we build, God will do that in his time. We're going to build the bridge. And we're going to do our part to build a bridge that Jesus can walk across. As we maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, God gets all the glory. I want you to stand this morning as we close our service with a, an old song that some of you here who grew up perhaps in liturgical churches will remember. They will know that we are Christians by our love. We're going to sing it in a couple of different languages. And it's true, isn't it? Jesus said, that's how the world will know that we belong to him. Because we love one another. Let's sing together. We are one in the spirit. We
By our love, it's so powerful to worship in a different language, to pray in a different language. God wants to unlock any barriers that we have so that we can move to love our brothers and sisters from different cultures and different languages. I was transported to Central Asia. Esau, that she said, is the name of Jesus. That's what we talked a lot about in Central Asia to those that were Muslim. Esau was the prophet in Islam. And so it just struck a chord into me when we, when we sang that and talked about that. So God wants us to keep moving through those barriers, and we've got to move with love into these places. Well, I've got a couple announcements, and then I'm going to pray for us and dismiss you. Um, we've got Discover GCC coming up next Sunday. That's a place, it's a, a time where we're going to have a luncheon with the staff. For those of you that are new to Grace Crossing Church or would like to find out more about how to get involved, Please sign up for that today so that you can be a part of that next Sunday right after the second service. We've got some staff positions in the handout. Uh, with the transition of Pastor Josh and Pastor Ashley, we're asking you to pray and to share about two roles that we're going to need here at Grace Crossing Church, a children's pastor and a youth pastor. You can find more information as well in the handout on those two roles. Operation Christmas Child. Boxes are due next Sunday. Thank you 
to every one of you that have grabbed a box. Many, many have been taken so that we can bless children in other countries. Make sure you bring those next Sunday. Let's close in a word of prayer for our service. By our love, Lord God, they will know we are Christians by our love. I ask in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that you would move us more towards love towards one another of those of other cultures, of languages. God, it's a part of your will. It's a part of the kingdom. We want to be more like your kingdom down here on earth. So please help us. We need your power. We need your strength to break through the barriers, to break through the experiences that we've had so that we can really, really love one another well. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.